What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Thomas, founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to the Spark Parade, a show where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz at Spark Parade on all social media. Uh, did you have a good Thanksgiving? If you're in the States or celebrating elsewhere, I hope so. I sure did. But now, it's back to business. Uh, there's just a few more episodes before the end of the year, and I think you're gonna like them. Starting with my chat with Johnny Humphrey. He is the drummer of legendary rock band Seether, and he spoke to me about his spark, Alive, the first live album from the band Kiss. Uh, this album had a profound effect, not only on Johnny, but on the public perception of live albums on the whole. So it's a pretty fantastic chat. Johnny is such a nice guy, so let's dive right in, shall we? Quick Johnny facts. Johnny Humphrey is the drummer for South African rock band Seether. He joined the band just before the release of their second album and has been a member for nearly 20 years. Seether have released eight studio albums, and they are releasing a 20-song career retrospective called Vicennial, Two Decades of Seether, on January 14th, 2022. Quick Alive facts. Alive is the fourth album and first live album by American hard rock band KISS. After the band's first three albums failed to attract much attention, they released the live double album in a last-ditch effort to save the band's career. The album was a tremendous commercial and critical success, and at 110 weeks, it became the band's longest charting album. So there you go. Now that you've soaked up all the background, let's get a taste of the foreground, shall we? Here comes my chat with Johnny Humphrey about Alive. The first question is always, do you remember uh, hearing this this album, the, the live album, for the first time? Yeah, actually, it was my first record. It was my first rock and roll record, and um, I was so excited. My aunt was going to take me and my brother to the record store, mm. and... Uh, 
I would have been in elementary school and I was so excited that I was going to get to go to the record store. I had it all planned out. I'm going to get a Kiss record today and I don't know which one I'm going to get, but I'm going to get a Kiss record. So uh, went to the record store. I, I, I couldn't wait. I can still feel the excitement of that, how I felt that day telling all my friends, my aunt's going to pick me up from school, going straight to a record store, which always back then the record store experience was just, just awe-inspiring you know i just loved always from the time i was little going to a record store and just flipping through all the the different album covers lps vinyl i'm still a big vinyl collector i just love vinyl i love that format love listening to music in that format and kiss was perfect for that because they were so visual right and um and so i remember flipping through the records the kiss records they had at the time and i picked kiss alive i think initially just as a 10 year old kid, it was just because the cover looked so cool. You know, it was just, it was the band, you know, in all their glory live smoke pods going off the logo shining brightly there in the back. And it just, it looked really cool to me. So I grabbed it took it home and listened to it incessantly. I was pretty OCD. Even back then I would start with song one side one, flip it over side two side three side four, start again. Yeah. And went through that that album, I don't know how many times, to the point where, you know, I, I knew the album, you know, uh, had committed it to memory, you know, verbatim. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's uh, that's great. There's there's so much uh, stuff to, to unpack there. But uh, one of the things that I talk about a lot on this show is the difference between analog and digital music consumption or, you know, um, physical media and that experience having music consumption be something that's tactile, being able to go into a music store. And like you said, flip through, like have the cover of an album be something that's physically in front of you and is a bigger format. So it really can hit you in the face. Um, and you know, I still like going into whatever record stores still exist and having that experience of kind of being able to stumble across things or like, even if you know exactly what you want, flipping through all of the records of your favorite yeah. bands and just reminding yourself of all the music. And um, yeah. yeah, it's just such a, an exciting experience. And I don't think you can quite <laughs> replicate that with, you know, uh, searching through Spotify. No, not at all. Not at all. And I love that, you know, vinyl is making a comeback. There's a huge resurgence that's gone on for a few years now. Everybody says, you know, will this bubble burst? And maybe at some point it will, but it's it's lasted for a while. And as I can tell, it's only getting bigger. And being on the road, which see, there's been touring this summer. Um, it's been great because that's one of my favorite things to do on a day off is go to record stores in almost every town now, every city. Uh, there's now mom and pop, which are my favorite sort of used record stores. I mean, they're just, they're, they're popping up everywhere. And usually there's one, maybe two in every town now. And, um, I love if we have a day off, I'll hop into an Uber and, and go, go flip through a vinyl store, a record store. Um, and that's, that's, I love the dig I, I have since I was a kid and I love, you know, digging through used stuff, old vintage stuff to, you know, maybe come up with a gem or something here or there. Yeah. And I mean, this album in particular as well, before we even get to the music, I think, you know, obviously Kiss are known for being a very visually exciting band. 
And that was part of the problem with the first few albums. Why they didn't really connect with people is that the live show was the thing that got people really excited and trying to recapture that um, without having people actually being there was really difficult. And I think, uh, you know, as I said, like the music is um, a se- separate issue entirely, but the, the, like you said, the album cover already makes you excited to listen to the music, gives you a little yeah. taste of the shows that they put on. And then, you know, they were marketing geniuses and having like that gatefold. I think they're, they yeah. had like a tour program and uh, like a bunch yeah. of other extras in the, in the album. So it was like, that kind of feeling as well. I don't think you get as much anymore where people, you know, you can get some special edition Radiohead box set or something that costs $300. Right. But when albums were just, you know, it wasn't this enormous outlay of uh, cash to be able to just buy an album like right. this that came with some extra stuff. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, you know, fair priced. I mean, the story goes, yeah, like you just mentioned, their first three albums, the first three studio albums bombed and sort of as a last ditch effort they put together this live album which like i said it was my first album first kiss album so to hear those songs live they just sonically they were heavy they were rocking uh they're definitely a live band visually but you know obviously with the record it's just the audio portion and i loved the music and i loved how heavy it was and how it was coming across and that audience it made you feel like you were there at the concert, even, you know, from the time I was a kid listening to this album. Just incredible. And like you mentioned, yes, it was a whole experience, right? It came with a booklet inside, sort of a de facto tour program. And uh, and then you open the gatefold and inside Alive were four notes individually penned by each member of the band and in their handwriting. And I would just read those over and over, you know, thanking you for buying the record and the experience of being at a Kiss concert. And Gene signs his and Paul, the lover. And, you know, it's just for a 10 year old kid, obviously it had that sort of fantasy, you know, here's this cool band that looks so cool. And the makeup and this guy, you know, trying to imagine listening, like, where is he spitting blood here? Where is he blowing fire? Maybe firehouse. Maybe that's where he blows fire, you know. Because for the longest time, I only heard them before I saw them. I saw pictures, and obviously the pictures that were on the, the album cover, but I don't know. It was years before I actually, first time I saw them move, uh, you know, as humans <laughs> on mm-hmm. video or otherwise. And that's when I finally got to see them in concert, which was about oh, four or five years after picking up this first album. Yeah. And like that, uh, I think especially as a kid, seeing those notes from the band members and you know feeling like it's this personal thing like the band is actually speaking to you and you have this direct connection with them um but also for a band that the visuals were so important it was at a time when you didn't have the internet you couldn't like easily look up a band see what they're all about watch concerts that they've done before all that kind of stuff the the access to um, the actual live show was very limited um, unless you were going there in person. And so again, having this album that like uh, sonically and the visuals in the um, album cover create this kind of um, replication simulation of um, simulation experience um, in a way that, I don't think any other band had done it quite like that before. 
Yeah. And as a kid, it was so impressionable. Immediately, my my bedroom turned into put on the Kiss record. It turned into a Kiss concert. So, I mean, immediately I gravitated towards the drums, but uh, air drums or putting on Kiss concerts, you know, as kid in your bedroom, air guitar, air drums, whatever. Uh, again, that was probably just an extension of how, I, you know, I was feeling as a kid, you know, listening to this album, imagining what it was like to see them live, uh, to go to the concert and, and to be a performer and um, see them perform. And so, obviously, yeah, I was, as a kid, jumping around my bedroom with a tennis racket doing air guitar <laughs> <laughs> listening to this album over and over i mean this this album this band it forever changed my life and changed me to my core yeah and talking about focusing on the drums i i it, i think i i um have this right that the drums are actually the only part of the recording that wasn't at all touched that you know they right. kept up this illusion of this is just a direct live album. It's like, you know, uh, compiled from a few different concerts, but it's all totally right. live and real. And then yeah. eventually they admitted that almost every aspect has been fucked with a little bit um, to kind of, yeah. up. but it's, it's their showman as well. And I think that it fits in with the kiss story, the right. legend of this band that it's, it's all like, um, you know, uh, a, Broadway and a circus and like, you know, all those things and heavy, like, you know, that, like you said, spitting blood, all of this, um, like the rumors and legends about yes. what the band was capable <laughs> of and what they were doing on stage. And it all kind of blends together. And I think the fact that this album, you know, in, in many respects was a, a cultivated piece of work. Um, it's, it doesn't matter. It all fits directly in with everything else that they did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, such a physical or, or, or visual aspect to them. Um, that was just, I mean, it was genius. I guess looking back, yeah, you could just say, well, they had it all planned out, business geniuses. But I really think at the core of it, I love the early story, which is they're just a, you know some guys from New York. It's kind of an amazing story. Gene wasn't even born in the United States and, and came over to this country, couldn't even speak English. Uh, it, it's really the epitome of the American dream. Um, and, and I have such respect for them. I mean, uh, we, we talk about the visual aspects of them, but I really think, I think there's a lot of music there too. A lot of great music there. Uh, in the nineties, they did a MTV unplugged, uh, just acoustic versions. A lot of the songs that are on this album alive and, uh, harmonies and, and there was, a, there's a lot of great music to it as well. But, um, I, I mean, obviously they get a lot of credit branding. I mean, they hit it out of the park for sure mm -hmm. with the logo and, and just the, the striking image of the band. But I think musically, uh, as I, you know, grew in my own, uh, as a, as a listener and as a musician, I, I, I also appreciated the musicality and, and what the band had, um, musically as well as the visual aspect of it. Yeah, definitely. And I don't think a band could sell this many albums, have this kind of staying power and have this huge effect on culture, on the way that, you know, live albums were released and recorded and the significance of live, al al live albums, all of that stuff would never be possible if the music weren't the foundation of it. And, you know, that is the thing 
at the band's core that people really love them for everything else embellishes it and enhances it and yeah. um you know it's part of the kiss experience and the the larger broader world even anything that's like a marketing gimmick it's all still in service of the fans it's all all these yeah. tie-ins it's like people lapped it up because they love the band so much that's right that's right. And like you we were speaking earlier about, the, you know, there was a controversy about it being completely live, recorded live. And and I'm in the business and understand now, you know, uh, you do you record some stuff live. You may go back into the studio and, and fix things. Um, you know, not everybody who wants to put on your album, listen to your music, you know, one, wants to hear that mistake every time. I know there are bootleg recordings and or being there. uh I think obviously we listen with our eyes when we're there at the concert, at the performance, seeing it. Maybe we don't hear some of the things, but uh, I can appreciate they went back and had to fix things. And that's, that's okay. It it only makes the album that much better, but it, it you know, like you said, the drums were still, you know, t- as they were recorded and, um, and the live experience comes across. Mm-hmm. And I think those songs had more energy even re-recorded then did the studio albums and i think the band is really a live entity in more ways than one i think sonically as well mm-hmm. um with the way that how this album was recorded and put together time for a quick break because somebody's got to keep the lights on around here but we'll be right back Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And also going back to that idea of communicating directly with your audience, I think a lot of the kind of asides from the stage on this album where it's like, you know, saying, oh, you guys are a great crowd, whatever. um, All of that kind of adds to the excitement and does make you feel like you're really experiencing a live show. Um, And all of those were totally real. It was like really directly communicating with the fans and saying how much you appreciate them and saying, are you ready to rock? This is the next song. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so all of that stuff is, is so exciting. It is. And all it's cheesy glory, Paul Stanley <laughs> and his raps in between, but you know, he was just a, he's great front man. And, and it was just a way to, to, to bring you into it. And, um, and, and it made this 10 year old kid when I was, ten, you know, put it on repeat play it again and again you know i just wanted to imagine myself there and what it must have been like you know yeah and um just thinking about like you know uh rock and roll all night like that becoming this anthem becoming one of their signature songs and yeah again you know 
that wasn't the first time they played it. That was on another album and it didn't do anything. That's right. And that's right. Playing it live, having that excitement and energy behind it is what made it this monster hit. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, that's right. It was on the studio album right before this, Rock and Roll Night, and the studio uh, version didn't really become a hit. But the live version that's on this album becomes the monster hit that really gets their foot in the door and uh, a chance that for them really to continue making albums this this album not only what it meant to me as a kid and how it brought me into the band but for the to learn later on you know how it was uh, a huge milestone in their career that it was make or break for them on this album and that if it didn't do well uh they were done that was it we may not be sitting here talking about kiss you know almost 50 years later. I mean, it's just, it's an amazing story, but yes, it's because of this album and the live version of rock and roll night. This that becomes sort of synonymous with the name of the, with the band uh, is because it is, yeah, it's from this album, this very album and it changes their world and kiss is allowed to make more records and to go on to be the, the legends that they are, you know? Yeah. And that, that what you were just saying about this album being make or break for them, I think it's hard to understand um, now what a huge risk it was to have your entire career riding on a live album that at that time, live albums, it was like, you know, people did them occasionally. They weren't huge sellers. It wasn't something that was like, oh, this is something to be really excited about. It would just be like another thing that the band would put out. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And this just changed the the world of music forever in terms of the expectations from live albums and getting people really excited for them. Um, this was really absolutely. the first one that people went nuts for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and what a fluke! But but you look back on it, it's it was like perfectly calculated. But it, but it was you know to hear them talk about it, it was completely accidental. It was like I said, a make or break thing. Uh, they put together this live collection of songs, which was sort of a best of for a band that really didn't have a best of to put out this live album. Like you said, that was really sort of, you know, uh, death nail. I mean, it just meant that the band wasn't really going anywhere. And this is sort of the, you know, the last gasp and, and here we go. But it was the perfect live band to put out a live album that, yes, changed from then on out how people felt about live albums and, and people, you know, getting excited to, to have an artist put out a live album. And then, so then, you know, after that, I think Frampton comes alive was a huge mm-hmm. one in the seventies and all these great live albums that you've been Lizzie live and dangerous, and all these killer live albums that came after kiss alive was such a huge success. Right. And yeah, just, just knowing that whether it was accidental or not, whether they had any expectations of it or not, they were trailblazers that this is like one of the the main reasons one of the main things historically that will really cement their legacy is that they paved the way for this entire i mean i don't know if a live album is really a a genre of music but (laughs) this lane of music um, yeah lane that has become so important and it kind of paved the way for like you know concert movies being more of a big thing and um MTV unplugged and all of that kind of stuff that, um, you know, it all stems from the tremendous, tremendous success of this album. Um, that's a pretty, a pretty remarkable feat in and of itself when, without even getting into the fact that, you know, they had huge 
like gigantically successful albums like this album wasn't even their most successful by far. This wasn't their most successful live album. (laughs) So, um, you know, it was the beginning of total domination. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I I get defensive a little bit when it comes to kiss a lot of, you know, people, you know, what is your favorite band or what band, you know, did you as a kid? I'm like, I love kiss man. Oh, kiss sucks, man. It's just, you know, but I feel like they're not given enough credit. I think everybody just on the surface sort of, you know, just glosses over it with uh, wear makeup. It's kind of weird band. And, you know, I don't know. It's like a circus with music or something. And really, they, uh, I don't know. Hopefully history will, will tell that, you know, yeah, they had a lot to do with uh, recorded music in the 70s, like, you know, with live music anyway and how it, how it changed, uh, how, how live albums were perceived. And they were one of the first ones to have a really successful one. And uh, it went on to have, yeah, a massive career then after this. Like you said, it wasn't it was their biggest live album, but not their biggest album overall. Their next album would be Destroyer, mm-hmm. which has all the great, you know, to, Detroit Rock City and Shout It Out Loud and Beth, which was a monster hit for them. That was their next studio album. That was that was huge. Yeah. Again, I don't think. Well, I know it wouldn't have happened without the success of Alive. Um, so it's just how fitting that this was the first album I picked. I mean, it wasn't their newest album at the time. Um, um, if I'm correct, I'm dating myself, but I think Dynasty was sort of the new album when I picked this one. And I went mm. again, yes, just as a 10 year old kid, I'm looking at the cover. Yeah, it's awesome. But I mean, it's just, I was very fortunate. This was my, my entrance into the band, my entry. And what a perfect album for me and, and musically uh, to get into Kiss. I mean, it just, this changed my life. And from there, I got into rock. It was, you know, Van Halen and ACDC mm-hmm. and, um, I was an '80s kid and grew up on all that great, you know, '80s stuff and went to shows. And, um, and then in the '90s, there was this resurgence and appreciation for Kiss, which was really so cool to see. There was this huge reunion they did with the original members. The band hadn't worn makeup in a long time. Uh, they had these sort of unmasked years through the '80s, mm-hmm. trying to fit in with those sort of other you know, quote unquote, uh, hair metal bands, you know, of the time, but they put their makeup back on and, um, and, and have this huge monstrous reunion then in the nineties. And then all the bands, STP, Alice in Chains, all these bands, that sort of, of my generation that, you know, were the same, like we grew up on kiss. We love kiss, you know, and I think Nirvana did a kiss cover, you know, mm-hmm. do you love me for a kiss covers, you know, thing. So you know, a lot of bands, a lot of guys admitted, you know, yeah, I mean, Kiss is where it started for a lot of us, you know, and uh, and what a great band. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I also like, you know, talking about all of these bands, all of these singers who've been so heavily influenced by their music, but I also find it really reductive to say them wearing makeup, them having these, you know, insane pyrotechnics and you know the drummer on a hydraulic lift and all of this stuff that that's gimmicky and yeah you know i think it was intended to draw a crowd and what band isn't doing things to try to draw a crowd but also that was a really innovative uh groundbreaking stuff and if you look at what is expected from a rock concert from a pop concert. Now people want all of those bells and whistles 
And oh yeah, I think um, you know they were just really smart about making it an audio visual experience and and wanting to immerse the crowd in the world that they were creating. And um, yeah, I think it, I think all of that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were obviously uh, a landmark in 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 how we see live shows now. Like you talk about pop concerts and huge shows with the pyrotechnics, the lighting the audio visual, like you said, you know, the sensory overload we get when we go mm-hmm. to a concert, I think kiss, uh, uh, you know, is in the DNA of all of that. I mean, they were the first ones. Uh, I, I've, I, I try to pick up every book I can on the band and about the band. And there's a book, you know, the old crew, one of their original crew members had put out and sort of that trial and error days of the pyrotechnics and and, the, and it was dangerous and they had a roadie guy got his hand and arm burnt you know trying to pack gunpowder and, and put together you know things to just put on a show but yeah when you're a band starting out you're unknown and you're in a, a bar full of people who are more concerned about getting their drink order in than paying attention to the band uh i've done that so i know what it's like to try to get people's attention so you have to give them credit to go okay we're going to get your attention and we're not going to screw around with, hey, look at this. We're going to make you look at this. And you have to appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do. And again, I, I just feel like they're sort of tossed away as this sort of gimmicky sort of thing. But uh, you got to give them credit for they wanted to make sure they got your full attention and you saw them in a bar down the street from where you are at now mm-hmm. 50 years ago to, you know, Madison Square Garden. Uh, they wanted your full and complete attention and they, and they managed to get it. And, uh, yeah, you have to give them credit, man. You really do. Yeah. And all, all of that stuff is, it's instantly recognizable. It's their trademark. It's, you know, uh, it's what draws everybody's attention to the band before they even hear the music and they were committed to it. And it was, you know, it wasn't like this, one-time thing that they did to just try and quickly get some fans. It was like, this was a huge part of what the band was. Um, and you know, combining all of these elements to create a band identity. Um, it's, uh, unparalleled, like, uh, really, really clever stuff and being amazing musicians as well. Yeah, they really are. They're great musicians. Gene's a, an amazing bass player, uh, I mean, I really would put him on a level with Paul McCartney. I mean, he just really, you know, yeah, he's the demon and all of that. But he can sing and play bass, great bass, great bass lines in a lot of those old songs. But, you know, they they always equated themselves to, sort of to the hard rock or heavy metal Beatles, right? Mm-hmm. It was going to be four strong personalities. Each guy would sing. And uh, you have to think, you know, the band in the 70s, uh, they each put out a solo album. Each member of the band on the same day released solo albums. I mean, what band does that? Even the Beatles didn't do that. I mean, they put out solo albums after, but I mean, they they hadn't broken up at that point, and it was the four. They put out these, you know, solo albums, and you knew each guy, and you only had so much money, and which which album are you going to get? Well, well, Gene's cool, right? Was it get Gene's album? You know. or you try to get Ace's album, or you hear Ace's is better, so you want to try to get that, and then you know finally you get all four, and um, you know, and musically those were a little bit different. They, they were kind of stretching their boundaries a bit, mm-hmm. and um, 
uh, which is which is kind of cool. It's a, sort of a story unto itself. Those solo albums kind of unique. But I mean, what a great band! E- each guy, you know, had a voice, uh, was a songwriter, you know, could sing, and, and just had this strong personality. Uh, just that came through, just like the Beatles, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that is um, a lovely note on which to finish um this okay. has been such a pleasure like it's it's so uh it, it's such a joy for me to talk to people who have such uh obvious and enthusiasm for the things that they've chosen you would be surprised at how many people i talk to who are just like oh i don't know i i like it so <laughs> oh. like ma- making the conversation very easy for me was uh, much appreciated i've really enjoyed this well i appreciate it and um i appreciate you know the knowledge that you had and brought to this conversation you obviously had knew do a lot of stuff which is great and made it easy to you know to talk with you so thanks for having me yeah all right thank you so much take care take care bye-bye such a great guy thanks again to johnny for chatting with me i really really enjoyed that one Seether's career-spanning compilation album Bicennial Two Decades of Seether will be released on january 14th of next year and it is available to pre-order right now Okay, a quick spark of the week from me. Uh, I know we've been talking about rock and roll throughout this episode, but it's time for me to steer this ship back towards a big gay dance floor. Now, before everyone goes crazy, I know that there are gay people who like rock music. I am one of them, so everyone just calm down. But right now, I am talking about big gay pop. And uh, one of the best examples of the year has come from Swedish pop star Agnes, who just released her new album, Magic Still Exists. I have already recommended 24 Hours from her, which was the first single, and it's totally incredible, and I love it. Well, listener, to no one's surprise, the rest of the album is great, too. You know, the weather is getting colder right now, the sun goes down almost as soon as it comes up. So I feel like we could all use some summery, gay, disco-y, ABBA-infused pop. Don't you think? Uh, I don't know. If you feel the same way, then maybe you should check out Magic Still Exists. Uh, And that's about it. Back for more next week. In the meantime, stay warm, stay dry, and until next time, bye! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.